This is JB with the More Than Pizza podcast, and this is your Extra Slice. For today's Extra Slice, I want to focus in on a word that we've thrown out a lot as we talk about the work of the family and the things that we encourage the family to do. One of the most common things that we have said is to worship together as a family. However, worship can mean a few different things. And so I want to dive in a little bit to what worship means and how worship is more than just an act or a moment. It's it's a heart positioning and something that we can do every day, regardless of the setting or the atmosphere that we're in. So first off, I want to give you two definitions for the word worship. If you look at the word worship as a noun, it's defined as a feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. And then if you look at it as a verb, it is to actively show reverence and adoration. So honestly, addressing this word, you have to address the fact that it's a pretty complex word. It's complex in the fact that it can exist in the sense of feeling and emotion while also being exhibited through action of reverence and adoration. And that's where the conversation really becomes important because all of us can say, sure, we actively participate in worship every Sunday morning. However, the question becomes, how much do we participate in worship during the week? How much are we pursuing worship on a personal level? Because here's the truth and reality of worship when you begin to look at it in its core. The reality is the action of worship is fake unless the heart of worship is pure. If your heart is not in a place of wanting to express reverence and adoration, then the action of showing that reverence and adoration, it just isn't real. So when we talk about worship with your family, it's really getting your family together, communicating in a way where your hearts are in a place where you are showing that adoration to God. You are showing Him that thanksgiving. You are expressing the reverence that you have for the God that He is. And so the question is, how do we make sure that our heart of worship is pure? Because there are a lot of times that we simply participate in worship, or we do things that we may consider worship. And so if that's the case, how do we make sure that the heart of worship is pure? Number one, I think you have to make it a priority, whether it's personal or with your family or corporately with a group of people, you have to make it a priority. If you don't make worship a priority, then it's just something else on the list. And so if you want to make sure that your heart of worship is pure Make it a priority in your life. Let it be something that you desire, but also something that you're not willing to to negotiate on, not something that you're willing to compromise on, but something that is a must-have in your daily life. The second thing that I think we can do to make sure that we have a heart of worship that is pure is to participate in worship in the different chances that you get. That follows a, a lot in line with making it a priority, but I also think you can take that And change that sentence to say that you participate in worship by creating opportunities for worship. Yes, you make it a priority to be in the places of worship that exist, but at the same time, you want to create moments of worship. And we're going to talk about towards the end of this extra slice, what some of those moments of worship can look like, but you want to participate in it in the chances you get. I will say that I do think it's okay that if your heart is in a difficult place, if you are in a season of grief or or just challenging circumstances, and you are in a corporate worship setting, I think it's okay 
to sit and not participate and just hear and just witness and watch worship take place. If you don't feel like your heart is in a place to worship, and I think it's okay to sit back. However, your goal needs to be to put your heart in a place to worship because that's what we were created to do. We were created to worship God in so many different ways. Yes, through song. Yes, through church attendance, through all, but also through obedience, also through faithfulness, all through, also through keeping our covenant with our spouse and, and keeping our covenant with the Lord. We, we are called to worship in a lot of different ways. So participate in those and, and serve the Lord every chance that you can. And then the third way that I think that we can make sure that we have a pure heart of worship is to make sure that worship is personal for you. If you simply wait for the corporate side of worship and you don't have a personal side of worship, then the corporate is just going to feel like a show and it's not going to be real to you. I think we have to be key on this because there's nothing about the gospel that doesn't cut down to the personal level. When you talk about following Jesus, when you talk about being obedient, everything is about you. It's about your heart. It's about your sin. It's about your repentance, your forgiveness, and then the salvation that comes from the Father. And so it is personal. The gospel is a personal story. And so our worship and our response to the gospel needs to be personal as well. One of the thoughts on this is that church is not the only place where you should have a relationship with Christ, and therefore it shouldn't be the only place where you engage in worshiping Christ. Make sure that all throughout the week, Christ is the focus of not only your heart, but the focus of your family. And again, I've mentioned multiple times that corporate worship is real. Those moments together are there and they are awesome. We should definitely participate in those. And so why why should we practice personal worship when we know that corporate worship is there and it's going to be consistent and it's going to be provided for us? Why make personal worship such a big deal if we know that public and corporate worship is coming? Well, I think we need to practice private holiness and private worship so that when we gather together in public, it will be genuine. It will be a genuine outflow of what we already do in private. It's not something that we have to to gear up for or talk ourselves into or give ourselves a pep talk to participate in. We simply get to walk in the overflow of what we already practice. And so you may be thinking, okay, you are, JB, you're defining worship a little bit. You're helping me see some different sides, but what does this actually look like? Well, I think Ultimately, the greatest way that we worship God is through our obedience. And so what does personal worship look like? I think personal worship looks like focusing in and being incredibly intentional with your prayer life, making your prayer life so much more than it is right now, or or having a goal, a, a target that you want your prayer life to be consistent or, or to have this certain time frame, but enhancing your prayer Life is a way to worship. I think getting in God's word is a way to worship him, to to read and understand, not just check it off, but to understand what God has for you and what God is calling for you. And then ultimately, I do think we can worship through music, through song. We see it all throughout the Old Testament. The book of Psalms is full of all these different ways, all these different words that believers would sing to God. So yes, I do think it's, It's important for us to see that part of our personal worship does involve music and worshiping God in that way. And so again, if you're only worshiping 
in any of those three, whether it's your prayer life, God's word, or worship music, if you're only doing those on Sundays and Wednesdays, I feel like we're missing the point. It's about placing our heart in a place of worship so that we worship God each and every day. I want to leave you with just a few encouragements and a little bit of a challenge as we close out this extra slice. First off, if you really want to question how important personal worship is, we see that Jesus practiced it in his own life. Jesus made sure that he spent time with the Father, that he retreated, that he fellowshiped with other believers. Even the Last Supper, when he's there with his disciples, there's a moment where it says that they sing and they worship together. And so I believe that worship is important, even through the way that Jesus lived his life and exemplified it for us. And then I want to leave this challenging thought with you. For us to wholeheartedly worship in public, we have to practice worship in private. And for our life to shine for Christ publicly, we have to pursue Christ individually. I hope that that is encouraging to you, helps you think in a few different directions, and ultimately I hope that you and your family will worship God this week.